This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. It's a very different question than what can we cut and what can we do less of. The question is, where can we invest to grow? Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Max Hodges, who is the executive director of the Boston Ballet. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Anita. I'm happy to be here. Now, everybody knows that this is a podcast for culture nerds, and so we're going to dive right into a nerdy topic today, how to make a business plan. Wait, wait. Don't turn off the radio. This is really going to be fun because when I had a chance to talk to Max about a new business plan that is coming together at the uh, Boston Ballet, I thought, wait a minute, that sounds way more fun than a business plan. We had so much fun with this. We are still having fun with this. We launched in August a business plan competition at Boston Ballet, like a shark tank or a project runway for new revenue ideas at the ballet. And we engaged the entire organization, more than 500 people, staff, dancers, musicians, board members in this effort. Now, hold on a minute. Usually when you're trying to get that balance sheet just right, you get the scissors out. Yeah, Anita, such a great question or point. One of the biggest challenges for the performing arts is for revenue growth to keep pace with expense growth. We all face this. There's always inflationary pressure on expenses, um, but our traditional revenue sources as nonprofits, ticket sales, philanthropy, that growth may not keep pace. And we have done the expense cuts. We have done lean ops processes. And I would say very confidently now that our expense base is necessary for the caliber of our enterprise. We need to to spend what we spend as a nonprofit. And so the long-term solution is in revenue growth, new sources of revenue, increased sources of revenue. And when we thought about how to pursue that, and particularly new and energizing ways to pursue that, this business plan competition came up as an idea, and and this is something that we've pursued. So you really have reached out and engaged pretty much everybody who has some sort of stake in the Boston Ballet, whether it's board members or staff members or volunteers. Right. This idea always had two goals. First, to surface new revenue-generating ideas that we hadn't thought of before. But second, to galvanize the whole organization in solution-seeking. We felt, let's go to the people who know us the best and find these ideas that, that we haven't heard before. And I bet they were excited to be asked. It's a different question. To your earlier point, it's a very different question than what can we cut and what can we do less of? The question is, where can we invest to grow? What are underutilized assets that we can utilize better? And that's a, it's an energizing question. It's a different question. All right. So how did it work? Yeah. So um, so first, we found two people on our board who were willing to be the executive sponsors or the mastheads of this effort. Um, two incredible individuals on our board who are both in professional fields where they spend all day evaluating new business ideas uh, or investment opportunities. Like venture capitalists. Exactly right. And, uh, and so... They were the the figureheads and the selection committee, so to speak. 
Um, and we launched with a, a few big meetings and broad calls to action over this competition. And then we had a few very fun goalposts in the middle. So we had a couple of pizza parties and ice cream party where we invited anybody either with an idea that wanted to help refine the idea, or maybe you were interested in being part of it, but you didn't have your own idea. Maybe somebody else was putting a team together and needed help. We invited everybody in. So this wasn't just write your idea on a piece of paper and put it in the suggestion box. It was more engaging than that. Really well said. It was always important to us that this was more than a, a suggestion box. Exactly right. We felt that uh, we weren't going to be too persuaded of your idea if you weren't persuaded of your idea. So we asked people to spend some time on this and to really put forward a business plan not a huge detailed version, but we gave people a template of what a business plan might look like. What kind of revenue would you expect in year one, year two, year three? What investment would be necessary to achieve this revenue? What resources that are at the ballet would be utilized to make this happen? Uh, and what risks might you see? And we also provided resources to help people who maybe have never done something like this before. So um, in particular, the ballet's chief of staff, Ming-Min Hui, uh, who's a business school grad and who, you know, has a really core ability to do this kind of thing. She had tons of office hours through the whole process where you could come in and she could help you uh, vet and polish up your idea. But yes, we wanted everyone to put some work into these ideas and uh, before they submitted them. One of the very fun things that happened was that it galvanized a lot of cross-departmental, cross-institution collaboration. So we had board members working with staff, dancers with board members or staff, musicians. And that alone was a wonderful thing to achieve, to open these lines of communication and collaboration that maybe weren't as obviously open before we set about doing this. And there's also something about the transparency of what it really takes to put a business plan together. Uh, we can all sit back and say, well, I don't know why they're not spending enough in my department, but not even really thinking about, well, there is investment and risk and That's all right. of these details. That's right. We had the whole organization thinking about ROI, return on investment, <laughs> not a conversation that often happens in the studio, um, but but a, a very fun one and, and in a very positive way. Uh, proactive, productive way. Um, and we did get amazing participation. So we invited more than 500 people to participate. More than 100 did. And we received 54 submissions, really thoughtful submissions. And uh, I was deliberately kept out of um, some of the process early on. And so when I and the, our board members, the selection committee, received these 54 submissions, they were completely anonymized. We prioritized the idea, not the people. So and the donor, the big donor or the uh, board chair didn't sort of get their finger on the scale. That's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And I have to tell you, I was about 11 minutes into reading these submissions when I said, my goodness, this has been an enormous success because these were ideas that were creative. They were positive, fun, 
And they were ideas that we had not heard before. There were things that we, as leadership of the ballet, had not considered previously, had not seen before. So we did the very difficult work of narrowing the 54 submissions into six finalists. And now, right now, we are in the stage of choosing one or two or possibly more of the six that we will implement. So what was your criteria? What did you think about as you sort of had to winnow the field? Yes. So the stated criteria when we announced this competition were that the ideas create sustainable, positive margin contribution for the ballet's budget, and that they further mission objectives. And we asked people to be mindful of existing resources, context, and timing, not to be constrained by existing resources, but to be thoughtful about them. When you said sustainable, um, so you're not talking about a one-off. That's right. That's right. So it's something that could be uh, carry carry the organization into the future. A, a new program that would build over time. And so those were the stated criteria. When we got these 54 and sort of could read through them, we were able to articulate a few more criteria um, and and. One of them was, does this idea seem fun? You know, is this something that the whole organization would really want to take on and pursue together? And um, and that wound up being a lens through which we evaluated some of these ideas. And that helped us narrow down to, to six finalists. Uh, and and I'm, I'm able to give, you know, we, we haven't picked a, a quote unquote winner yet. And we haven't decided exactly what we're able to. But you're going to tell us a little That's bit. Exactly right, exactly right. <laughs> I'm, I, I, can, I can tease one of the finalists because I do think it, it will give a little sense of this or make it more concrete. Um, and so, uh, and there was real consensus around this idea. So we received a few submissions along this theme. The ballet at our home in on 19 Clarendon Street, we have a black box theater that seats 144 people. And we do have programming in that black box theater, um, in particular a series called BB at Home that's beloved by the ballet's community. Uh, but the submission, the finalist submission, was how could we use that space differently to achieve audience development goals? How could we change the programming and the marketing for the for what we do in that space to bring in entirely what we call new to file audience members with that space and bring people into the ballet that way, as opposed to right now where it's programming typically for our most ardent fans. Another way to describe this idea is our Oberon strategy. So referencing another beloved Boston arts organization, or Cambridge arts organization, I should say, uh, the ART, they have their main stage in Harvard Square, but they also have the Oberon Theater, a, a cabaret space that they've put very differentiated programming in, like the Donkey Show, that brings in a totally different audience, and hopefully that audience matures over time to go see the main stage. Well, that's replicable, or could it be replicable, is the strategic question that's asked, and how can we use our black box space, um, like the Oberon, to bring more people into dance and then into our main stage productions at the Boston Opera House? So this is a promising thought, isn't it? And it's about audience development and, importantly, Revenue. Exactly right. So how did you uh, analyze the suggestions around the return on investment? 
sometimes that's something that is, should we say, more optimistic than it actually turns out to be. <laughs> right. So one of the things that happens when you include this many voices in a process is that you don't know exactly what you're going to get. There's no equal formula. And so in particular, I think there's bias where an optimistic person submits a submission with a more optimistic <laughs> ROI and and maybe a more sober person, shall we say, um, is is less willing to commit to huge numbers for the ideas. So we did try to, in the evaluation process, put an objective lens and put a little bit of our own back of the envelope math uh, on the revenue expectations, the expense expectations. That's also part of what we're doing now as we try to narrow the six finalists into which ones will the ballet implement first. This was an experiment. When, when we decided to launch this business plan competition this summer, we honestly didn't know what was going to happen and whether the organization would be interested or not. And so we've been so thrilled with the interest that has been generated. I can now say with confidence that this was not a one and done. So we will take one or two or three of the finalist ideas and implement them. But I fully expect that we will be revisiting the other finalists, the other submissions, and that we will be holding these types of invitations, events, projects more regularly to keep surfacing these ideas. And so was any one of the finalists a million-dollar idea? Absolutely not. But do the ideas change the way we work together unlock new ideas that leadership hadn't thought of, and then provide a roadmap for one early success to build on again and again? Yes, I hope so. It seems to me that um, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that, let's face it, all of our cultural nonprofits are struggling with the balance sheet. I don't know a single one that isn't. And it feels like this adds a certain kind of optimism and confidence to organizations that always feel like they're just trying to squeeze the last bit of anything out of everybody. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly right, Anita. I, I think every nonprofit organization, big or small, the struggle for the marginal dollar is so real. How do we free up that that last dollar to invest in a new program we're excited about? Or or how do we bring in that that extra dollar of revenue, it's really a struggle. At Boston Ballet, we have been really pleased and grateful to have had some really nice success over the past seasons. Our 2016 season broke just about every audience attendance record that we have as a 55-year-old organization. And so we like to identify these points of counter-narrative. You do hear, yes, performing arts nonprofits may be struggling or audiences are declining. And we are really grateful and proud to be able to say, well, actually, we see really strong metrics of audience growth. And so I think part of this is about how to build on that momentum and how to make sure we're always looking forward towards and, and reaching for success as opposed to minimizing a downside of some kind. What was the hardest part of this for you? Great question. In any wildly new project, 
where you really put yourself out there in front of the whole organization, staff, dancers, board leadership. And this was a very public project. There's always that risk that it's a total dud. <laughs> you know, we we announced this and we got warm reception, but then you know, there's that four-week period where you're not sure anyone is going to submit a single idea. And so I think maybe that moment, kind of immediately after we announced this this big project and this big effort, and before the first submission came in, there was that pit in our stomach of, of are we onto something here or is this just going to... And and then when the when the ideas started rolling in or when people started coming to the, the pizza parties to share ideas and exchange ideas, that's when we thought, okay, I think we've really got something here. You know, I thought you were gonna say giving up a certain amount of control. <laughs> I love giving up control. <laughs> I, I, I maybe should do it more often, but I think it's the best possible thing when something like this takes on a life of its own and and is more than we could have imagined that it could be. And of course, you know, you carefully plan something so that it works out that way. But um, in in Roy Burns and Trisha Patrick, these two board members who spearheaded this effort, um, in Ming, my chief of staff, uh, Ryan, another member of my team who was key on this effort, we had individuals who were really excited about this and had a vision. And and so they led this, and I was confident the whole time, really, um, that, that they would be able to lead this to success. And and But all of us had that same fear that what if nobody has any ideas? I mean, what if we just don't get a lot of excitement about this? But we, we truly did. A fun way to put a business plan together. Max Hodges, Executive Director of Boston Ballet, another one of our creative minds, Out Loud. Thank you so much. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.